You know, I love starting a show like that. <clears throat> well, you know. Well, you know. Guys, this is Two Guys Who Help Me Be Pastors, a show where two guys who help me pastors come together and we talk about, well, pretty much anything. I am one of your hosts, Pastor Matt Heath of Strong Community Chapel. Join with, as always, is the ever-talented and devilishly handsome Pastor Glenn Davis of Willow Branch United Methodist Church. And how do you do? And we thank you for tuning in, however you found this show. Remember, we're always available on Apple Podcasts. We're open on Spotify, Anchor, and as uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, Amazon Music. We also have a Facebook page where we post a lot of stuff where you uh, can come interact with us. And if you do listen to this and hear it, let us know where you're listening from. Post on our Facebook page. Let us know where you're catching us at. Um, We can look at the schematics as we've seen. We go from coast to coast like butter and toast. Um, but, uh, you know, just let us know where you're listening to, listening from. We're not going to track you down and say, what do you like, what do you don't like about it? But it does kind of give us an idea about how far we are reaching. Tonight is a show about nothing. Hence the Seinfeld theme as we, uh, open the show. I love nothing, don't you? No, don't you nothing me. I, I wanted to say milk toast on the coast to coast thing. Clearly, my emails are not being read. Well, you so, know. So, you know what? Uh, fine, we'll talk about nothing. I can't even <laughs> think of what rhymes with nothing, for heaven's sake. Something. Uh, something. Something. There you go. Yeah. You're stealing the show, by golly. Uh, yeah. you, know, I'll, you know, since we're being contentious, I'll start off with something contentious. Um, did you hear? What happened in Reds baseball this week, by chance? I would have to give a... I would have to care. <laughs> I had to catch myself. I would have to care about Reds baseball, but what happened in Reds baseball well, this week? Well, you'll care less after I tell you this. All right, well, there you go. Well, I was uh, looking for the game uh, Wednesday night, only to find out they played in the afternoon. Mm. It was one of the 12-30 games. I love those. Go down to the ballpark. It's about 60 degrees. There's nobody there. You ain't got to wait in line to concession stands. It's pretty good, except if you actually work, you can't only get to see the game. Yeah, that's true. So I see that the Reds are a topic on Twitter. I don't have Twitter, but when I search out Reds looking for the scores, uh, things pop up from the Twitter feed. Well, they had been the debut of Hunter Green, Notre Dame pitcher who throws 100. He started a game this past weekend, and... Um, fact that Joey Votto has become quite a presence on social media. You know, things like that. Well, Phil Castellini is in the news. He is the son of Red's majority owner, Bob Castellini, and some sort of president of some gimmick with the company. Turns out they had interviewed him about the team and about the prospects of the team and about some rumor about them selling the team. Now, if you're a big fan of Reds baseball out there and I butcher any of this and you're infuriated, please go ahead and let us know what I did wrong because uh, I'm a monster Reds fan. And, uh, yeah, yes. But I love baseball in general, so it's not necessarily always about the Reds. And in the future, it may be less and less because here's what this moron says. I don't know if he was hammered or was in a bad mood or what, but he broke the cardinal rule of sports he uh, he healed the hometown fans. Here's what this moron did. Asked about rumors of selling the team, he said, well, you better be careful what you wish for, 
because whoever we sold it to would move this team because you know there's no capital in this town. Oh, you're kidding me. And said, where are Red fans going to go for baseball if we leave, huh? You need us around and all this other nonsense. And uh, I am a big Reds fan, and Lauren and I have tickets for the end of May to go to a game, fireworks game. You know, my wife's big on the fireworks mm-hmm. down there, and they are nice. Shoot them off the river. Uh, but, I, you know, it's been five years since the Reds did diddly squat. You know, they made the playoffs in 2020 and got boat raced by the, by the Braves. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's been a good five or six years since since they mattered. And they've gone through two or three different visions of what they wanted the team to be. And uh, they haven't had good crowds anyway. I went to opening day, I think it was 2018, maybe 2019. And I know the official attendance was listed at like 28,000. There were 400 people there. I mean, there was nobody <laughs> there. It was a Sunday game in April. It was a little chilly. Yeah. There was nobody there. My friend Elijah, who is not huge into baseball, um, he has a passing interest in it. Uh, we're sitting there, and he says, is it always like this? And no, it isn't. Yeah. Because I was there in 2012 when they sold out almost every game and were a favorite to win the World Series. So I went down to the... Uh, you know, snack shop that I normally go to. I kind of get to, you get to know people. Yeah. You go to the same little stand. And I said, man, Chuck, is is has it been like this the whole season? He goes, it's going to be like this the whole season. We suck. <laughs> so it might not be the best idea after you literally just either let go or traded your three or four best players. Castellanos, Wicker, no, Winker, sorry, Winker. That's how little I'm paying attention right now. Uh, Sonny Gray, and then there were, there was another one, but we'll, we'll give me a pass on that one because it's, it's been hard to follow with all this. So you get rid of, we'll say, the three best players on your roster. Winker was an all-star. Castellanos was an all-star. Gray was an all-star. They're all gone. You're still paying Joey Votto $40 million. He's worth every penny. But you're going to get mad at us for questioning you when it seems like every season you get rid of the three best freaking yeah. players. It happens every year. You know, didn't the, I think the White Sox did that back in the 20s, didn't they? And Well, they cheated and let the Reds win. Well, yeah. <laughs> or so the legend goes. Well, yeah. well let's be honest. They let them win. Because yeah. <laughs> um, that team was dynamite. Uh, but it's aggravating, and you see this more and more in all walks of life, where it's everybody else's fault. I said this when Frank McCourt owned the Dodgers, because I lived in California when he owned the Dodgers. And if that's a name you don't know, you don't live in California. So let me explain it to you. This guy who didn't really have a lot of money bought the Dodgers, and the Dodgers were terrible. And I ended up getting $15 all-you-can-eat seats at Dodger Stadium for a game when they played the Giants. Ooh. And everybody hated this guy, and he's not spending any money on the team. Here's what he said. And I'm not that far off on the quote. I don't know what you want me to do. I didn't have that much money to start with. 
Okay, Bob Castellini, Frank McCourt, anyone else who's thinking about buying into professional sports out there. If you don't have any money, don't buy my freaking team. <laughs> I didn't buy your team, <laughs> you jack wagon. All right? Well, I... Bob Castellini blaming me for the Reds being bad is like John Wesley being blamed for the current situation in the United Methodist Church. It ain't his fault, folks. <laughs> That's a you problem. All right? Anyway, I'll hop off for a second. No, no, no. I mean, it... it's, it's like Jim Ursay putting the Colts up for sale. Okay? Mm-hmm. And you and me getting a few relatives together and buying them for the bare minimum. And then getting rid of Matt Ryan, getting rid of Quentin Nelson, getting rid of Darius Leonard. All the good players. And then going, well, you know this is your fault, guys. You have the checkbook, son. <laughs> I don't know who you're ma- why you're mad at me. Well, it's a- I go to seven or eight games a year. I don't live within two hours of that place. <laughs> what more do you want me to do? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's more... It's like anything else. you got to have a scapegoat. And, unfortunately... Well, picking your home fan base yeah, might not I, be the I, best. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, you got to pick somebody. I mean... Forget. I mean, there's a bunch of straw men out there. You can blame it on the Wolfman... Mussolini doesn't get blamed for nearly enough stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could blame it on kangaroos. Like, there's a whole bunch of options. There, well, you know, the dang kangaroos and the dingoes taking over major cities in Australia, really hurting our cash flow. <laughs> At least you didn't blame the home fans. I've got my hands straight up in the air. He, he does, Hook. Asking he does. Matt to make he, a counterpoint here. Well, I mean, I, I mean it, again, it, it just goes back to a... It's a prestige thing, and I mean, and it, and it, I always, you always kind of see it when, when, you know, you have new ownership takeover. Not necessarily, I mean, not necessarily management, but new ownership. Because they buy the team, because inevitably it's some billionaire who's got, or millionaire who's got more money than he knows what to do with, blows his nose on, you know, $10 bills. And he wants to own a sports team because he's never tried it before. And it's one of those things, it's like, it'd be like a kid getting into a Corvette and going down down on I-70. It's going to end bad. He ain't going to know what to do. All he knows is it's bright, it's flashy, and it is cool. And then Mm -hmm. when, I mean... Well, um, I'll take you down this road while we're on it. Mm. Dodgers went up for sale uh, shortly after, and it's crazy because, again, I lived there. I went to some games out in California, the Los Angeles area, and uh, not too long after that game. By the way, if you're listening to us and you know baseball, you're going you're gonna to go absolutely insane when I tell you this. That game was the debut of future Hall of Famer Madison Bumgarner of the San Francisco Giants, AL MVP, or NL, um, World Series MVP. Yeah, so saw Madison Bumgarner before he was Madison Bumgarner. That was pretty cool. Also saw uh, Kung Fu Panda play third base for the San Francisco Giants. I don't know if I remember his real name anymore. Hmm. Um, 
He hit a, a batting practice home run that knocked an entire box of all-you-can-eat food out of a lady's hand, which was hilarious. She went down and got another one. You're kidding. All you could eat. Oh, well, she, I, 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 I ain't. How I that was man. set up was they just had boxes of stuff and just hot dogs just in a steamer. And they, they went, and there were thousands of, of things there. I mean, it was just all it was for. And you go down, hey, I've got a green stamp. And they're like, yeah, here's a bunch of crap. And they just load a box up for you. Pablo but, Sandoval. Pablo, thank you, Pablo Sandoval. He's also famous because he ended the 2012 Reds season. Would you care to hear this story before I get into my point? Well, you know, go ahead. Um, Reds were up two games to none in that series. Uh, their ace pitcher, Johnny Cueto, gets hurt in game three. They lose one to nothing. A blast from the past year. Barry Zito, who was pitching for the Giants, uh, wins game four. So we're tied up two to two. In game five, it's close, but there's guys on second and third. The Giants are winning. Kung Fu Panda strolls to the plate. There's a fastball left over the plate, and he hit it so far, I don't know where it landed. They hit it out of the park, which is hard to do in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. And it might still be going. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And I remember as he rounded first base, you could hear his footsteps on the diamond really that's how quiet it got season was over <laughs> but to my larger point yeah yeah it wasn't but three weeks later a guy got beat to death in the parking lot giants fan by a couple of la guys and it was decided that the all you can eat seats it's, i can't make this up the all you can eat seats and the low ticket prices were attracting the wrong kind of people to the ballpark because Dodger Stadium is in Hollywood. It's not in Los Angeles. Like, inner Los Angeles. Yes. And people were making their way up there. And I know celebrities and progressive folks out there will tell you that they certainly care about the folks that are less fortunate. No, they don't. Because when they start creeping up Dodger Stadium, it got changed real quick. They put the team up for sale. Magic Johnson and another and a business group bought it for about $2 billion. Did you they won the World Series in 2020, so <laughs> it was a drastic change. Yeah, uh, conditions improved there, and the Dodgers are now, I believe, in contention with the Yankees, if not worth a little bit more than the Yankees for most valuable franchise in baseball. So, I'm just saying, they want us to be afraid of them selling the team because I'm sure they love the revenue. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I'm going to take a public stance, much as I have with, with our uh, good friend, the world's greatest villain, Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. Um, sell it, Bob. Sell the Reds. and I mean, make my day. They're not going anywhere. No. They've been there since 1869. They ain't moving. Marge Shot certainly figured out how to make winners <laughs> there. So, lover or hater, she won championships. Mm-hmm. So... Well, and and somebody will go, well, she only won three. Three more than Cubs won in that time, so I don't want to hear it. Well, I mean, here's my... So, let me play devil's advocate. If, for some unknown reason, that they did sell the Reds. The Reds went up for sale. Somebody is going to buy it. Um, where the heck are they going to move? Where would they go? I mean, well, I and I did some digging. To, uh, they can't move 
until at least like 2039. It might even be longer than that because the Reds have a lease with the county. Really? That would bankrupt them to break. So Ooh. they're not going anywhere. It's, it's a scare tactic. Oh, well, yeah. Well, if you could come out and spend some more money. Blah, 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 blah. So it's basically trying to bilk the already. Because Cincinnati isn't necessarily a poverty stricken area. There I mean, are parts of it that are rough, but it's a very nice town. It is a very nice town. My, Christy and I went down a couple years ago to a concert down there, the great Garth Brooks. Mm, very um, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's take a moment. Mm. Mm. Wow, there's the wind. I'm sorry, go ahead. That, that man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyhow. When we look back through the annals of time, there will be few acts that would ever just breathe the same air as Garth Brooks. We'll get into it here in a minute, because I want to. It's a show about nothing. We're going to get into nothing. But, um, yeah, I mean, Cincinnati's a very nice town. We were we stayed downtown, so, I mean, we really didn't go super far from uh, U.S. Bank, I can't remember, the arena down there. U.S. Bank Arena. U.S. Bank Bank Arena. And the Great American Ballpark, Fall Brown mm-hmm. Stadium, they're all kind of like... It's like that. literally right next to each other. I think we were... They had like a little promenade thing, like an outside... And it's grown. Mm-hmm. It's massive down there now, that area. There were pictures of opening day where that whole street was just jam-packed. Oh, I'm sure. I am sure. And I'll tell you what, I've been going to Reds games since 2002. It didn't always look like that. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just, we, it was, I always thought it was cool because, so we parked on a, we had a park, there was a parking lot literally right next to the river. Here's the fun fact. It sloped at almost a 45 degree angle. I had a one ton Ford F-350, the truck, extended cab, long bed, so it's already a boat, and it's a little top heavy. As we know, all trucks from the mid-late 90s were not exactly the most favorable in rollovers. And it was a manual. So trying to navigate going down and then turning really hard. And I kid you not, Glenn, we pulled in and we turned to go into our parking space. I felt it shift a little bit towards the river. Not exactly the best feeling, but oh well. But yeah, I mean, great, great city, and I mean, yeah, they'd be stupid to move. Well, they've, they've had baseball there since 18, 1869, and I would be a little more, you know, understanding if other owners hadn't found the way to do it. Because mm-hmm. it's not like Cincinnati's had a drastic fall off in population. It's not like they've had a drastic growth in population. It's pretty well been Cincinnati the whole time. Marge Shot won championships there. They won championships in the 40s. Of course, they were part of the Black Sox thing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with Cincinnati. It's just... I believe that uh, if you put a slightly better product on the field, make an investment, or sell it to someone who can afford to make that investment, you'd be well, in good shape. You got a few bucks in your pocket. I got a few bucks in my pocket. I mean... What would it take to buy the Red Sox? I mean, what are we talking? A couple Red three... stockings now. Red stockings. Don't get sacrilege. Okay, hang on. Red Sox are in Boston. Right? That's right. Why am I thinking that? You said Black Sox a minute ago, and it got my, my mind going. Cincinnati Red Stockings. The Red Stockings. 
I mean, it couldn't cost more. What, 10, 15 grand? I mean, that, that wouldn't be bad. Right, double your money. Yeah, exactly. Some a year. I mean, it's uh, a solid investment. North of a billion, I'm sure, is what they would want. I don't think I have that much. I don't either. I mean. But uh, I, I, do, I do wish somebody would get a bunch of players together to buy it. I don't know, but um, it, it's. I guess just as a, a pastor and dealing with some issues, kind of along the same lines where, you know, your older folks are like, well, you know, these darn young people just don't want to do things and don't want to. It's the same logic. You don't don't kill your base. No, no. no. Don't badmouth your base. We we are literally paying your bills, brother. Like, <laughs> And I could stop going, believe me. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's a yeah. two-hour drive down there. It's a lot of gas. Cost $47 for a freaking hot dog anymore. Oof. Like, I, it, you got to pay $20 to park if you can find anywhere to park. Yeah, that was a story a couple of years ago. I went down there, and the, the uh, sheriff's department waved me off of a parking lot. I'm like, well, I'm trying to park. He's like, well, not here. He's like, oh, well, he's pleasant. So... I'm just saying, you said, you know, Castellini said, be careful what you wish for. Well, you, sir, better be careful what you wish for. Because mm-hmm. that fan base could check all the way out on you if you don't watch it. How long ago did he make the statement? A couple days. I think the Reds opened at home on Tuesday, so Tuesday. Ooh. So, in theory... You could see a very real, very drastic drop. I mean, not. I mean, well, they've lost two or three of their last four. So, um, I mean, it's. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not just super superstitious, but I mean, you badmouth the team. They might, I mean, they're either going to do one or two things. They're either going to prove you wrong, or they're going to follow to the T. And they might follow to the T. I don't know. I hope not. I mean, you know, for their sake, but and for the fans' sake. You know, baseball was just, I didn't mind watching baseball. I, don't, I still don't mind watching a good game. But on the flip side of the coin, <laughs> the only baseball I ever had experience growing up with was the, and I, I'm not dogging them or anything, because I know we might have some fans, but the Indianapolis Indians in Indianapolis, a minor league team. And I remember going out there one time, uh, we went out there a few times in youth group, and I'm like, all right, a major league game, all this, and one of my buddies who's really big into baseball, played it in college, and he said, this isn't major leagues. These are basically the guys that either got sent down because they weren't any good, or the guys who are coming up, and they're graduated out of college, they need somewhere to play, and they had an opening. Good, okay, well, let's, okay, let's watch some baseball, I guess. I think they lost that time. Yep, they are the AAA affiliate for the Pittsburgh Pirates, which means all the Pittsburgh Pirate players who are under contract that couldn't cut it, or the players that are under contract who are about that close from cracking through. And currently, you'll be very pleased to know, just because I am such a baseball fanatic, the Pittsburgh Pirates have the best farm system in baseball, which means the Indianapolis Indians are the best team in AAA baseball. Really? So there you go. Oh, wow. At least they're supposed to be. They are, no, yeah. But they have the most talent. 
Oh, well. Because the Pirates have been picking first and second for the last 10 years because they suck out loud. Yeah. You never you never see any Pirates merchant. I mean, you do, but it's like the, the people who want to the be... the same bed as the Reds are. They don't want to spend any money. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, Yankees have their former best pitcher, Garrett Cole. Uh, I think... I don't even know if Andrew McCutcheon's playing somewhere. He was a Hall of Fame level player for them. Like they don't have any of their homegrown players. <laughs> like a lot of those Indians guys will get traded. I mean, really? You know, they try to get more capital because they don't want to actually try to win. So, I mean, I just you I, make a lot. You know, honestly, in baseball, you make a lot more money if you don't compete because the teams that are really good, Dodgers, Yankees, are spending two hundred million dollars on payroll. Reds spend like thirty. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I mean, it's they've. It sounds like they've almost adopted the motto of, you know, uh, you're going. I mean, if a fan's going, it, they're going because they are just that. They're a fan. They love the team. They want to support it. Um, it's like the same. I could. I mean, it's like when I was in high school, our football team was a little rough. I mean, they our seasons were okay. But they left for there for a while, and it was it was kind of hard. I, somebody told me it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to be a Royals fan. I'm like, mm, yeah, kind of. But I kid you not, every Friday night, those stands were filled with the people who supported them. They were filled with community members, parents, just because. Well, we've been going to base, or we've been going to football games here since you know they built the school in '72, so. Yeah, I'm going to keep coming. The hot dogs are still the same. Probably still the same ones they served in 72, but we'll go let that one lie. Well, I mean, you got the deal at Costco. You mean, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, granted, I, 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 won't, I won't say much on this topic. One, because I'm not very well versed in it. Um, and two, I mean, it's... Well, I'll just leave it at that. I'm just not very. I'm just not super well versed in, in baseball. If it was basketball, college basketball rather, I would. Uh, I'd have a few viewpoints on it. But baseball is one of those games. Is is a sport that I see the point in it, and I like I say, once I'm there, I kind of enjoy myself. You know, it's a nice day at the ballpark. It's not a super fast paced game or anything. I mean. They take their time. You get to see some pretty cool stuff every once in a while. Some pretty good, you know, pretty cool plays. But, I mean, when you leave, it's like, you know, okay. There's three and a half, four hours. I'll never get back. But, yeah. it, but and it also depends on who you go with, too. I mean. Yeah, it does. But. Yeah, so let's, well, I got that all but you. Yeah. So switch gears here. Yeah, yeah. So, you mentioned Garth Brooks. I did. He's, he's been on oh, my. Couldn't ever run no love song. Oh, I'm so. If you if you if I haven't said it on this show, I am a massive, and I do mean massive, Garth Brooks fan. Um, I have seen him in concert twice. Getting ready to see him for the third time, coming up here in oh crap in May, like That'd May fourth. Yeah. Both um, be with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, you know, I, 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 people, you know, ask me like, "Well, George Strait's a good entertainer." Yeah, he is. He's a great. I mean, I love George Strait. 
And some days, him and Garth alternate between one and two. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's Garth all the way. Um, I just have always liked him. I think he has a stay. He he understands how to play a crowd. I mean, you go back and you watch. Do you remember? Did you ever watch the TV specials that came out in the nineties? Oh, of course. This is Garth Brooks. This is Garth Brooks too. He did one. It was at the Houston Astrodome. Um, Side of WrestleMania 18. No big deal. Uh, also famously, um, the site of the last, uh, or George Strait was the last person, if I remember correctly, he was the last person to do a concert in there before they tore it down. Which is kind of neat, uh, being a Texan as he is. But, um, you know, you go back and you watch these old, the old concert, the old concert footage and everything. It's like, this guy really, I mean, he can work it. He knows it. He, he can do it. I mean, there's a stage presence. I, I remember we, I was first introduced to him. We were going down to Tennessee. It was a family vacation. We were going to Gatlinburg. And... And, uh, you know, Garth Brooks, I mean, but my aunt had the double live. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was a, I don't know a person who doesn't have that CD. Uh, you, if you go through, and every, like, if you go to Goodwill, you still see it on occasion on the, uh, on the shelf. Well, I wonder who put it in there, because everybody I know still got theirs. Well, people die, you know, Glenn. Yeah, that's true. It is true. true. you got to leave behind a legacy. But, uh, you know, Garth has always been, uh, he's always kind of just been a, a fan favorite of mine. Sorry about that. We had a little bit of a hiccup on that. But, no, the Double Live album is literally, I want to say it's like his best-selling album ever. I may be wrong on that. I don't know. I could be. Um, but, I mean, I we jammed to that. I literally had it in a CD player, not to date myself or anything. But I listened to every single album, and by the time we got back to Indiana, I knew every single song on that album. I'm going to dive in a little bit. I'm going to show you how weird I was as a kid. I would come home from school... My grandmother had an exercise bike up, and she had it upstairs. And <clears throat> the seat was removable. You flip it upside down. The seat was a plow, is you know flat, and the pole came up to where it was. Uh, it literally met with my height, right where my mouth would be. So it was my microphone, and I would put the double live album. I had a copy of it put it on the CD player, and jam. And I would pretend that I was Garth Brooks. I was 12 when I was doing this. 13. 15, to be honest. But it's not important how old I was. Are you going to tell them I caught you doing it two weeks ago? Glenn, <laughs> that was one of the, that was a Jaeger secret. You don't you don't tell a secret like that. You were drinking Jameson. There are no secrets with Jameson. Uh, I guess not. Anyhow, uh, 
I, Plus, I'm always sober as a bird. You gotta know I'm gonna remember stuff. Well, you do, yes. Certain things I don't. Um, That's alright, to tell you the truth. I pretended to be Russell Wilson this afternoon, so it's fine. Quarterback of the Broncos. Why? Why not? <laughs> alright, alright. He's got yeah. a Super Bowl ring and he's married to Sierra. I'll pretend to be whoever I want to be. Uh, okay, alright. Well, I, I like that joke. I, it could be CNS here. I don't know. But uh, but Garth was, I mean, it always killed me when I got older. I was like, man, I'll never be able to see this guy in, in concert. Because he'd retired in 2000, I think. 2001, somewhere in there. And, uh, you know, I just, so I would just listen to his albums. I mean, everyone, he would do like a pop-up show or something like that. And I'll never forget, we were juniors in high school. And this, there was a kid in my class, he said, oh yeah, you know, talk about what he did over Christmas break. Well, Nashville had a flood that we, that, during that time. And he came out and he did a, a benefit show for him. And he was, we did two truths and a lie, because we had a new teacher. He said, I went to go see Garth Brooks live. And I said, that's boo, no, you didn't go see Garth Brooks live. And he said, yeah, yeah, I did. And he had the program. Like, he had the thing. I'm like, what? It irritated me to no end. <laughs> you know, I think Garth Brooks is the only artist I have ever known that at this point in my life, recently, as in like the last year, year and a half, I've heard songs by him I've never heard before. Really? And dug it. Like you just keep finding new and new just gold nuggets everywhere you look. You, okay. Like so his radio charting number one hits were so huge. Like, you forget that there's stuff on those albums that didn't really get wide release mm -hmm. that is amazing. Yeah. There's like, you know, on every album, there's probably eight to ten songs, maybe twelve on some of them. And, I mean, you'd go back and you'd listen to, yeah, you, you hit, you, you always listen to the hits first. But then you go back to, um, you know, you listen to The Chase. It has a song, We Shall Be Free. Very controversial song when it was released in 93, I want to say, 94. Um... You used to hear that skating rink on Christian night. That's how popular that was. Really? Wow, that's... Um, hang on, let me pull it. I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank. Um, but... Uh, that actually... Have you ever heard the Super Bowl story about him? When he did the national anthem? Enlighten. So, so in, in 94, he was, he was approached and asked... Would you be interested in doing the uh, singing the national anthem for the Super Bowl? Huge honor, you know, big honor. And uh, Molly Matlin was actually going to come on, and if you remember the great Molly Matlin, famously uh, famous actress who is also uh, she's deaf, hearing impaired, uh, but has also forged a career as a pretty world-renowned um, actress. And there's a documentary about Garth Brooks, and if you want to go back, it's on Netflix. I encourage you to watch it. But um, he's released We Shall Be Free, and they're going to debut the video for it. And uh, 
they come up and, you know, they agreed to all this stuff. They just wanted to do it. Comes in like 10 minutes to go. And Garth asks, is everything all right? Everything going to go good? Yeah. Yeah. We're huh? Well, so when's the video going to come on? Well, we're not sure it's actually going to play. We're not sure we're going to actually debut it. We might do it afterwards, which means they were not going to do it. It's a three-and-a-half-minute, four-minute four song, so, I mean, it's going to take up a good chunk of primetime Super Bowl ad space, which is millions and millions of dollars, even back in 94. The man literally was, I mean, he literally had taken his jeans, boots, and his shirt, his uh, brush popper shirt off and getting back into his street clothes. Two minutes to go before... He was to go on. And then you know the Super Bowl. It can't exactly be late. It has to happen. It's nationally televised the whole bit. They come on and they say, we'll do it. And they debut the song. And he said, that was the closest I've ever come before what happened in Croke Park in 2015 um, to where he'd ever actually thought about walking away from a show. And he said... I'll never do it again. I will never sing the national anthem for a Super Bowl again. For two reasons. One, because of all that. They were threatening to go back on it. And, you know, he was going to have to stand to his morals. And I applaud him for it. I do. And the other thing, the other reason was he was so... He said, you cannot screw up the national anthem. There's no, like... Um, there's no, you know, you get a second chance or anything. Millions of people are watching the show. You can't exactly just, you know, say the bomb's bursting in there or in something, you know, screw up. Um, but no, Garth, Garth is, a, is an artist, like I say, um, that I just, I mean, you go back, oh, that's, that's what I was going to say. So the album The Chase, I mean, you listen to We Shall Be Free, but on there you've got great songs like um, Learning to Live Again, which is a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, he does a cover of Walking After Midnight, the famous Patsy Cline song. Um, Somewhere Other Than the Night is a great song. Uh, you know, that Summer's also on there as well. I forgot about that. Night Rider's Lament, a good old cowboy song. People... And I can understand... This goes and this goes to the reason why you cannot, you know, you can't find Garth Brooks music on Apple, right? I did know that. Yeah, you cannot buy, you cannot get Garth Brooks music on Apple, and I remember um, when iTunes first launched, um, I had an iPod and um, I was excited. I was like, "All oh, right, I'll be able to get all my Garth Brooks on there." He wouldn't do it because he didn't agree with the way that they wanted to distribute the music. You had to buy individual songs. He wanted to sell the whole album, which people thought was stupid, a very old school way of distributing music. Friends, I encourage you, if you're if you're a Garth Brooks fan or if you like Garth Brooks or whatever, go to it's on Amazon Music now. Go to Amazon Music or go online, buy a copy of the, of one of his albums and listen to the whole thing. I guarantee you, just like you just admitted, you will find songs on there that are just, oh my gosh. There's a song on, 
fresh horses. Um, and it's a song called uh, Ireland. And it is a very, like, Celtic, it's a very Celtically themed music and all this, and um, it just, it'll, it'll, it'll pump you up. If you're looking for something to listen to that'll kind of get you going and all this, um, it's basically a song about this Celtic army is getting ready to go fight, and, and they know they're going to die, but they're still going to go fight for the honor. Awesome song. And the music is awesome behind it. But, yeah, I mean, like I say, I could talk all night on Garth Brooks. I could. Um, well, he, he captures America like I think very few people do. Like the underlying themes, the underlying experiences, you know, infidelity. Yes. Um, broken hearts, the cowboy way, the old rustic spirit, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> a true love overcoming odds, um, being a true friend, uh, being lost or captured by some passion that just wrecks your life. I mm-hmm. mean, none of us could ever, I mean, no. relate to that. I mean, absolutely not. He he captures the American heart and mind like nobody else. Well, and see, that's always been like, you know, you mentioned uh, there's a song, I think it's on In Pieces, and it's uh, The Night Will Only Know. And it literally, it's describing these two people. People kind of compare it to like a like a sequel to um, The Thunder Rolls, which is a song about impropriety. You know, if you watch the video, again, it was actually banned in certain on certain television stations because they refused to show it. came out in the early 90s. There is way, way, way worse stuff on MTV, CMT nowadays, let me tell you. But because it showed, uh, you know, a man having an affair, people wigged out. But, um, we, uh, but the song is about these two people who, um, they're, you know, they are in an affair and all this stuff, and they're in the car, and this woman was, um, Basically, she she died right in front of him. She was she had been, um, she had been raped and all and all this, and they just let her die, because they would have to admit that they were together when they found her. It's gonna be a whole thing, and they just let her go. And there's a line in there that said, "And every paper ran the story. She was stripped of all her glory, and they told exactly how she died, bound by." Um, what was it? Abandoned and forsaken, too many pills were taken, and they ruled the woman's death a suicide. Was not the case at all. And they, these two people are literally, they have to live with it now. And, uh, yeah, Garth is just a, he is a guy who, when you go to his show, which I've seen it twice, I'm going to see it third time, in the great, 
or the great Notre Dame Stadium. Excited to see that. Um, it it it's definitely you you walk away with it way walk away from it exhausted because you're you're tense and you're excited so long for an hour and a half. You don't care what the heck's going out going on around you. You're just in that moment. I don't care if you're two, if you're three months behind on your truck payment or if you know you're gonna get fired on Monday. The bills are late, but Garth's playing, and we got good toilet paper. <laughs> well, it'd be okay. It'd be all right. But, uh, but no, uh, there, yeah. there's so much truth to. You know, I I think people never ask the question because I just think that people just assume what's well, Garth Brooks. Yeah. People never ask the question why everyone owns that album, you know, the double life. Why? Well, one, it's because he sounds better live than he does on any album he's ever done. That is true. Because they put so much into that show. Mm-hmm. I mean, he invests in that show. It's the best, you know, instrument players in the world. You know, he's passionate about his songs. But the other is, he writes about real things. And, you know, you know, I, I sometimes will be listening and you ought to say, hey, Alexa, play Garth Brooks. You know, thank God she's not in here. Mm-hmm. She's got my house wired. <laughs> but, and, uh, you know, that summer will come on. And, and who didn't think about that experience? Who didn't? Yeah. yeah. You know, I know, you know, looking back, because I found out almost everybody I went to school with was a hoe. <laughs> um, who did you know who didn't have something like that happen yeah. to him like it's just he captures America like yeah. nobody else ever has it, it, it's it's one of those things I mean you just he gets ragged on so much because he was the first one of the first country artists to I mean he I mean I shouldn't say he was one of the first he was one of the more successful ones that dabbled from, he went from the country charts to the pop charts. He had albums that debuted at the top of both and stayed there for weeks. And you, I mean, and you keep in mind, you're, you, this is at a time, he did this when you have bands like Nirvana coming out. You have all these great. The heyday of Pearl Jam, the Gin Blossom. I mean, you. Alanis Morissette. He's literally blowing all these out because... I mean, Boys to Men sold, what, 50 million albums in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's in there with all of them. Yeah. Uh, to date, he has sold 100 million albums worldwide, which is... There's nothing to sniff at. I mean... Well, and to not flip off the topic too fast, but no. I, have, I have a conversation ender on that because yeah, I think absolutely. appreciate... One of the first episodes of Family Guy, you'll, you'll know where I'm going when I get there. Um, there's an episode where Chris goes into hiding because he witnesses a crime. This is a long mm-hmm. 20 plus years ago. And Chris witnesses a crime and has to go into witness protection because the cops accidentally let the guy go. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, because Trisha Takadawa is covering it. Like, oh, yeah. Here is this inmate who has just engineered a dairy escape <laughs> and um, of course that, there was all kinds of stuff going on but uh, he goes into hiding 
And at the end of the episode, he finds out the boy he friended mm-hmm. is it's a, a girl, girl, and she's hot. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting there making out on the bridge. She goes, you're so cute. You're like a skinny Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, there, and to your point, to ra- I mean, there's another reference later on. It's the episode of Family Guy where Stewie gets signed up for the army and he signs Brian up with I know, it. Right where you're going. Yeah. And the the drill sergeant he said they're he's punishing him because he can't complete the obstacle course. Of, you have to listen to a track of this Chris Gaines album. What are you serious? Two tracks? What are you kidding? It's Garth Brooks in a wig. Three tracks. Come on. All right. All tracks, including the hidden bonus in, in the even including the hidden bonus track. There's a hidden bonus track. Oh, I hope it's a ballad. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's... Like you we were hating... We roast the ones we love, mm-hmm. right? Like you were hating, Garth Brooks is... He's a great entertainer. I will say that to the day I die, and when this man decides, you know, when God decides he wants to have a little bit of music up in heaven, it will be a sad day around here. Um, it will be... True that. It will be. But... Moving off. Well, I just wanted to mention a couple more things. Mm-hmm. You know, tomorrow being Good Friday and all, it is Easter weekend. It is Easter weekend. And uh, super, super exciting. We were uh, sampling a film um, called Risen earlier. It's one of my personal favorites. Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Risen is not a sponsor of the show. It's just a film I like. And um, Easter... Easter's a lot like Christmas in that it's a story. It's the it's the days. Those are the two stories that everybody knows. Yeah, birth of Jesus, resurrection of Jesus, and it can be a challenge to to come up with material for something like that. And I'm. I'm going to go from the persuasion, you know, because we're doing Good Friday tomorrow, and that's just going through the paces. I mean, um, but for Easter, I'm, I'm going with the idea that Mary was so distraught that she didn't recognize Jesus in the garden. And I've heard throughout my life, well, how could she have not known that it was Jesus in the garden? And I beseech you to think back to, you know, all this COVID bowl that we've dealt mm-hmm. with. Every time great Eric Holcomb spoke on TV, every time Trump talked on TV, every time I want to say Satan, but I'll say Fauci. <clears throat> um, every time Fauci talked on TV, um, because we know Satan was behind all this, but, uh, you know, you would you would just you know you would just go into your britches just a little bit and the world would get real quiet and you would kind of lose your you know focus your perspective well keep in mind Mary's the most probably devout follower of Jesus at least according to the gospel of John and she's lost him and now she thinks they moved his body and she's not going to be able to properly care for it because a lot of people don't know this in first century Judaism, you took care of a body, you know, anointed it, uh, put different essential oils and things on it till 
after like a year or two, somebody would come in, someone who was assigned the task would come in and put your bones in a box. That was how they handled things. Mm-hmm. So now she thinks, well, this is the biggest disrespect of all. They're not going to let him have his proper burial and all this. And, you know, then somebody pops up and says, what you crying for? And she says, look, if you, I mean, she's so distraught, she doesn't even recognize there are angels in there on Jesus' yeah. tomb going, well, who are you looking for? What you crying about? And Jesus comes up, and when he says Mary, that's when she realizes because she recognized her shepherd's voice. And the most touching moment in that in that scripture to me is when Jesus says, You can't hold on to me. We got we gotta move. Yeah. And I've had a couple mountaintop experiences and we would love to stay there. But there's always a moment where we gotta get back off that mountain and go to work. So what is Jesus calling you to? Good Friday services are, are okay as far as services go, but uh, you, know, you celebrate, celebrate the unjust death of the, the ultimate uh, king of kings and lord of lords. It's not exactly the most You're not going to sell a whole appealing. lot of... Yeah. You're not going to sell banners for that or anything. No, we're, we're, you're selling wolf tickets at yeah. some levels. <laughs> uh, but Sunday's coming. Yeah. And see, that's... This is my first Easter as the senior pastor giving the Easter message, I'm going to be honest. I'm not exactly... I'm, it's intimidating. It's a little intimidating. Christmas can be... Christmas. Okay, I was kind of the same way with Christmas to a point, but Christmas was, is... I mean, everybody's kind of feeling that warm, lovey-dovey feeling. You know, you can kind of get into it and... I hate to say it this way, but it's the only way I can think of it. You can kind of play on that feeling a little bit because it's a warm feeling you know it's the birth of the messiah and then a few months later we celebrate his death and resurrection <laughs> and uh, the significance of his birth is so important yes but the death and resurrection is the is the penultimate moment for everybody in the faith it is the defining moment where everything that we have read in the first chapters of, the, of each gospel, where it truly comes to life, and it truly is, the promise is kept, um, which is the old adage that I'd always heard growing up, and I'm going to use it Sunday. The promise has been kept. Um, it, it's, it's intimidating to think that It's intimidating to know that, hey, I've got to be the guy who... Because, again, as you said, you're coming up with... You've got to come up with a new angle on how to present this story. What are you looking at? What are you missing? What is something that we haven't talked about for a while? It's kind of like how I did Palm Sunday. I talked about... um, I talked about the crowd. Yes, the Messiah is there. He is riding in to ascend to his throne. He is fulfilling the the prophecy in Zechariah. But I just kept wondering, what is that crowd? What was that crowd thinking? That crowd feeling? What was the over? What was just the was the was there electricity? There had to be electricity in that crowd. 
And I, of course, correlated it with, you know, how we feel at a concert, at a ball game that, you know, the team's down by two points, they sink a, you know, they sink a final shot, and they legitimately, um, they make it, tie it up, and they go into overtime. Um, also, I also correlated it to with, at at that time, on that day, it was also the 110th anniversary of when, um, the Titanic was pulling out of South. They were loading at Southampton, mm-hmm. and all the crowds were, you know, cheering and waving, waving to people they didn't even know, but they were waving and excitement and all this stuff. And I had a few people come up and said, "You know, I've never even thought of that. I just always we always look at the center part, but we have to correlate. But you look at it, that same crowd, that same group of people who were cheering him." Welcoming him with loving arms, a few late days later are going to be shouting, crucify him to Pilate. They're going to be the ones who say, yeah, he, he needs to die. I mean, he's been spouting heresy. He does not need to be doing this anymore. He needs to be removed. Easter is a little bit of a different, it's a different animal altogether because, as you said, You've got to come up with a way to present it in a way that is going to be both inspiring, thought-provoking, and potentially life-changing for the people who maybe don't come every every week, but by golly, they're going to be in there for Easter. No pressure. There's absolutely no pressure in that whatsoever. None. None. I mean... I did have a gal come over just before you got here and ask for our service tonight. I said, no, good Friday, not mm-hmm. good Thursday. I've done Monday, Thursday in the past, but uh, that's really... It's more of a Catholic thing, ain't it? It's a Jewish holiday Jew- more than it is Catholic. Really? Passover, yeah. Oh, well, so, yeah. Um, yeah, we like to uh, take that over and act like that's not ours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... We, we can do a love feast. Paul, Paul seemed to be into that, but... Well, yeah, uh, people are gonna eat, but it's you gotta you gotta learn to have fun with it, no matter what you're doing. Um, I always take the edge off, and I will this Sunday because you know me, I don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I will welcome our friends who haven't been here since Christmas. God bless you. We're glad you're here. Uh, some things might have changed, um, and just know we'll look forward to seeing you at Christmas. I, I sure do appreciate you. <laughs> Because they, they will come mm-hmm. your Christmas and Easter's. And, um, you know, it does feel like a lot of pressure. But in the end, it's, it's another, it is another Sunday. And, you know, the one that really matters is the one that happened, you know, 2,000 years ago. That is so, true, yeah. Um, you just do the best you can. That's all anybody can do. Um, I do want to give a big shout-out. You'll love this. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, goddaughter, Kessid Grace, uh, Lindy's little sister. We haven't talked about her much. We, we talked haven't. a little bit about Lindy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kessid was elected to the State Thespian Council. My, my. Wow. She delivered a speech and was elected to the State Thespian. I think she said it was S-T-O. I don't remember what the O stands for. State Thespian Organization, maybe. Yeah. Uh, props to her. Uh, she was nervous about that. She killed it. She's only sophomore. Mm. So, uh, 
that kid, that kid's going places. And I got a feeling, yeah. I mean, I, I said all those years ago that baby was fierce, and she is fierce. And she'd have to be to be able to get into a group like that. I mean, I mean, that's a big deal. California, fifty million people, and she got elected to the the order. Mm-hmm. So, and another one, and maybe we can start thinking about. Um, Rumor has it there's Italian food possibly in it for us oh, well. if you're interested. Okay. So, well, well. Um, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do have a great story for you from this week that I don't think you've heard. i got to hear it. I always have to hear these. All right. So um, we were, I've been working with a, a, a young fella, a new student at our, at our local school here. And uh, he's been riding Mr. Matt's bus. Mm-hmm. And I've been going to specials with him. If you don't know how elementary schools work, because it's been a while, or you're curious, <laughs> there are specials around here, gym, library, art, and music. And this was a music day, and the music teacher does a fantastic job, but an unfortunate side effect of that is there are kids that don't like music, because they're forced to pay attention, Yeah, you know, things like that, so... Um, so we were uh, going to be subjected to, or entertained by, according to how you look at it, mm-hmm. um, the music teacher playing the trumpet. She had borrowed a trumpet from someone. Oh my. And was going to play the trumpet. Shout out to Allie Riggle, it was her trumpet. Mm-hmm. So the teacher starts to play it, and she gets a... Nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you might want to check spit valve, slide valve, you know, there's different parts to it that mm-hmm. come off. And uh, there's this little girl, and there's no way to make this funnier, but if you know the little girl, you're you're kicking two kidneys instead of one on this one, okay? So this little girl is gone, just, just out. <laughs> she doesn't give a crap about the trumpet. She doesn't give a crap about music. She's gone. So the teacher is fiddling with the trumpet. She goes, I think there must be something wrong with the valve. So she starts oiling all the valves mm-hmm. and taking them apart and moving them. Wow, these just must not be good valves. I, I swear, it's always the valves. And this little girl pops up and goes, A-E-I-O-U! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And everybody looked and the teacher went, those are valves, sweetie, <laughs> but not valves. And she goes, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. And it fit that little girl perfectly. Oh, that I'm was sure. Her up one side and down the other. Oh. So, uh, regardless of what's going on in your life, nothing's ever that bad. No, not not really, not really. I uh, go ahead. No, oh, I don't have much else. I was gonna so. say there's one more thing, and then we'll we'll close. We have to. I I'm a big a little bit of a Nick Cage fan. Have been oh, for years. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Has As a new, am I. Has a new movie coming out, which kind of want to go see. Briefly, a movie about Nick, Nick Cage, Cage, which it it literally looks awesome. But I became a fan of Nick Cage with a little, little. it was a little independent film called National Treasure. I don't know if you ever saw that one or not. Um, they have decided... That, that opened the same weekend as my movie, the Making a Murderer series. Did you see that? Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, so, National Treasure has always had a special place in my heart. One, it has Nick Cage in it. 
I mean, two, two, it's very historical. It deals with the Founding Fathers and all this. Freemasons. Well, that's the third. And a part, a third part that always stuck with me until I was a pro, or I was, somebody gave me a petition from my local lodge, eh, whatever, carried it in my wallet for a year and a half. It was a little, it's a little pocket size one. And when I got married, I said, you know what? I think I'm kind of curious. I filled it out, gave it to him. I said, here you go. And here we are six years later. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, First come shove, you got to do what you love. They're coming out with a new series on it uh, on Disney+. And they're literally getting, they're getting to play the, the lady that played Abigail, the, the woman, the love interest in the show. They've gotten the guy who's going to play Riley, who played Riley, the guy who was like the computer geek guy. Mm-hmm. And I just saw an article popped up and said, the casting choices that are literally going to force Nick Cage to be back in the show. Because as of right now, he's not in it. Uh-oh. Like it, it's it's one of those things. I literally I was excited and like, oh man, they're gonna come out with a new show about it. I mean, it. you might as well wipe your nose with a George Washington dollar bill. I mean, well, you know, that's yeah. I I just it 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 bugged me a little bit. I'm like, am I gonna watch this? Because I mean, are they gonna mention Freemasonry anymore or you know whatever? And the second one mentioned nothing about Freemasonry whatsoever, really. Um. It mentioned, you know, about the president's book of secrets and all this stuff, which, to be kind of cool, to be kind of fair, it was actually really cool to, to see that. Fair, to be fair. To be fair. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Bonnie McFerry. It's been almost a full year since she wished you a happy birthday. You know, I'm sure she has it on her calendar that circled like this is Matt Heath's birthday every single year. Um... But, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little torn on it. You know, I'm like, am I going to watch your show? They're getting all the original guys back except for the man Nick Cage. Now, maybe he was too busy making a movie about himself to commit, but it's in theaters. It's going to be in theaters. Why would you not want to go see it? Why would you not want to be in it, you know? But uh, if you have, if you ever watch a movie... And you're curious about all the Freemason stuff that's in it and everything. Uh, and you are... The, the, I might draw a little bit of ire here, Glenn, to our lady, uh, lady uh, 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 audience. Freemasons are only for... It is an organization for men to join. Oh, my. Ladies have another organization called Eastern Star if you want to join. And younger women, younger girls can join um, Rainbow or Job's Daughters. I digress. But if you're a guy listening to this and you're curious about is what's in National Treasure real, um, you know, I, I will say this... Um, if you're curious, talk to a guy. Talk, reach out. Look on, good on Google. Type in local Masonic Lodge and reach out and talk to him a little bit. Um, you know, look and see if they have an open house. Go talk to him. If you're, if, um, if you don't have anybody, reach out and talk to you know, reach out and ask me about it. I'll tell you as much as I can. Um, because even though we're a public society, we are a society with secrets. We're not secret societies, though. 
Um, which, you know, Glenn, you'd actually be a pretty, you'd like to have, you'd be a pretty good guy to be in that, to be honest with you. To be a Mason? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're cool enough to be a Mason. If I'm in it, you can be in it. I'm barely cool enough to be a Methodist at this point. Well, you know, we'll, we'll let that sleeping dog lie until next week. We'll get through Easter. Uh, <laughs> it's always to get through Easter. Uh, oh, that's exactly how I'm... Get up, Jesus, or Jesus' birthday. Let's go. <laughs> Shout out to Rodney Carrington. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's... But I'm excited. I mean, that's, you know, that's just something that kind of has been sticking in my craw a little bit, and... I'm gonna let that sleeping dog lie for for now, but uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's very exciting. Looking forward to it. Um, Prince, you've been in the first episode about nothing. We had no idea what we were going to talk about. We had no idea what we were going to discuss. Um, literally, I mean, if. We were shooting from the hip. If this place was an old west town, it'd be the OK Corral in here. We shot from the hip that much. But we thank you for tuning in with us. Hopefully you've enjoyed. Hopefully you got a few laughs. Hopefully you got a little bit of inspiration to go listen to a good uh, country music artist. Um, and we thank you for tuning in. However you found us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Amazon Music. Uh, we're also on our Facebook page as well. Two guys are new pastors. Give us a Google. Um, so we hope that you've enjoyed it. Uh, Pastor Matt Heath here, wishing everybody a uh, a happy Easter, um, and take the opportunity to really be uh, be in that moment. Remember why we're celebrating it. Glenn, take us out. Well, we wish you the best on Easter. He's risen. Uh, perk up a little bit. Stand a little taller. And know you are loved and you are forgiven. And uh, as always, good night, Lindy and Kissing. Good morning, Vladivostok, where Vladimir Putin still sucks. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.